You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. about giants of old. So Father, we just thank you that there's just fun being part of your family. That we can celebrate. Even our testimony wall is filling up with testimonies of us bragging on you, how amazing you are, how good you are to us, how uh, we call out to you and you answer us and you give us financial breakthroughs. You give us physical breakthroughs. You give us emotional breakthroughs. You give us intimacy breakthroughs with you. Even as we were singing that song that I'm a lover of your presence, there's a, there was like a breakthrough there. I've just like, it was almost like it was just me and you, Lord. And I feel like everybody felt that way. There was just this intimacy there, God. And we're grateful that you have invited us in to this incredible adventure with you that is uh, just blowing our mind, Lord. And we just bless you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm loving our testimony wall. You guys read them, put your hands on them. If you need whatever they're testifying to, take it. Because, you know, that testimony is transferable. It is transferable. Uh, so last week, Pastor Gene and I, we were just having a call catching up, and we were talking about the amazing move of God. And he mentioned uh, just being good stewards of what God has given us. And we all want to be good stewards of what God has given us. And he mentioned David bringing the ark to Jerusalem. And so I thought, I, I need to, you know, kind of refresh my mind, go back and read it. And when I did, I, I went on back a little bit further and God just highlighted one scripture to me. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to start in uh, First Chronicles um, yeah, see the giants of old. We're going to uh, start in First Chronicles eleven three, and I want to set it up just a little bit before we start talking. But I want you to prepare your hearts because God is going to give freedom in this message. He's going to equip you with a strategy from this message. I just know He is because I have used this one scripture twice, and there has been an amazing breakthrough in the scripture. Of course, because it's the word of God. I know we don't actually sound surprised, but it just is amazing how he does what he does. So let me just set this up. First uh, Chronicles 11, you can read the same th uh, thing out of Second uh, Samuel, starting in verse 5, but we're going to do Chronicles today. It says, then all Israel came together to David at Hebron and saying, indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord your God said to you, you shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king of Israel king over Israel, according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. So David is now made king. 
after waiting for many, many, many years, he is receiving the fullness of the calling that God has given him. So I want you to keep that kind of in your mind, because as we move into this new season that we're in, this now season that God is moving in, there is something he's releasing for each one of us to help us move the kingdom forward to where he has us. You know, he wants us to grab a hold of the anointing we have, the calling we have, the purpose that we have in order to move the kingdom forward in this season. And then in uh, chapter 12, verse 8, God has surrounded David uh, with these men, these strong men. Um, so First uh, Chronicles chapter 12, verse 8, it, it says, Some Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for battle who could handle shield and, and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as gazelles on the mountain. Think about that. You know, he's describing the people that he has put around David to make sure that the stronghold is held, that, that the territory that God has given us is kept. So I want you to think about the people that God has surrounded you with to make sure you hold on to the territory that God has given you because all of us have territory, right? We do. Just say, yes, I do, because you do. Yeah, because we do. Uh, so here's the scripture that we're going to spend a little time on and I want to talk about. It. It's going to go to 1 Chronicles 14, and it's verse 8. And we're going to read 8 and 9. And, and when I read the scripture, it just, I, I knew God was speaking through it. It says, now when the Philistine heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against him. So when the enemy heard that David was moving in position, what does the enemy do? He sets it up against the position. He wants to make sure that David does not move into that position. When, when you are moving into the position that God has for you, you know that the enemy is going to set up a force against you. How successful he is, is what we're going to talk about later. It says, then the Philistines went out and made a raid on the valley of uh, Raphaim. So they, the Philistines went out and made a raid on the valley of Raphaim. And that's where I want to spend a minute. That word, Raphaim, means giants of old. It means, it's first mentioned in uh, Genesis 14, and we aren't going to go back there, but it means shades, hidden shadows. It means, make sure, spirits of dead. So they set up, when, when the Philistines came against David in this valley, they set up all of their idols around so when Israel would come in, when David and his fighting men come in, and we'll read the rest of this in a little bit, when they came in, they encountered the idols of the enemy. They encountered the giants of old. 
You know, David had already battled the Philistines several times in his uh, uh, journey to be made king. He battled the Philistines when he battled Goliath. And I want us to turn there because what we're really talking about is we need to recognize that the demonic forces going on around us and against us, they're nothing new. They've been around forever. We are, it's, we're not the first people encountering these type of forces against us. David encountered it. Abraham encountered it. Isaac encountered it. These forces are nothing new. But the power to defeat them is also nothing new. And we have the power to defeat them. And we're going to talk about some of the forces that are coming against us personally and corporately. And where do we find um, the strategy to dislodge, defeat, and destroy what the enemy is doing against us? Say, I am so excited. <laughs> You know, it's interesting when I read that one verse, it just struck me. And I was like, what does that word mean? And I started looking it up and did a whole bunch of study on it. And um, then I had to meet with someone a couple of days later and they wanted some prayer because they were having some attack against them. And yeah, I prayed about it. And usually God will give me some kind of word about it. And I, and I meet them and I say, this is all I have, that one scripture. I said, does that mean anything to you? They're like, no. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> I told her, I said, we've got nothing. This is the scripture we have, the word of God. I said, if you're willing, let's just ask the Holy Spirit, why did he give me that word to bring to you? And as we went through this process of asking, the Lord un uh, unveiled, revealed these taunting spirits that were coming after them, which we were able to take out because we know when it's revealed, when we recognize what it is, it's easy to disarm. And it wasn't anything brand new. And they went away going, that one scripture and a little over an hour, God unfolded a fullness that I hadn't seen before so I could have freedom to move forward. So like I said, the demonic, there's nothing new. There aren't new demons that we're discovering. It's the same old stuff. They're just packaged in different ways. And, and um, let, let's go to Genesis 26 for a minute. He wants to think, he wants us to think, the demonic wants us to think that he has the upper hand. He wants us to think that he has outwitted us, that he has power over us, that we're confused and, and, and in the middle of chaos that we don't understand. But it's not true. It's actually the opposite. We have outwitted him. Genesis 26, 12 through 15. So Isaac... Um, I, I love this part about uh, Isaac at 26. What did I say? At uh, 12, verse 12. Let me actually find the right verse. 
So Isaac has had this encounter with Abimelech. In verse 12, it says that, you know, he's, he's given permission to, to have some territory. And it says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Then the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and great numbers of servants. So the Philistine envied him. And now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the day of Abraham. So here's Isaac prospering. And what happens? The enemy wants to stop the prosperity. The enemy wants to come against him and stop it. But if we go on and we won't read the whole story, the enemy was unable to prevail against Isaac because Isaac knew the territory that God had given him. He knew that the, the wells that were being stopped up, every time he unstopped a well, they would come against him and he'd say, here, have it. You can have that well. Until he got to the well that was his, that God told him to plant there. And the Philistines did not come after him. You know, it's when we, when we know when to hold the line against the enemy and when to know, and when we know that God has set us up for this territory, he has set us up for the prosperity that we're having. He has set us up for the health that we're walking in. He has set us up for the reconciliation of our family. When, when we know this is, the, this is the signature of God on our life, then the enemy is unable to have victory over us in that. I want somebody to agree with me <laughs> because you know what happens is there is the, okay, so that spirit right there is a spirit of envy that came up against Isaac and that envy created the power, the momentum of the enemy to try to take what wasn't his, but he was not successful. Because Isaac recognized what was going on and he understood the order that God had given him. So when the line was drawn at the last well that he unearthed, the enemy was unable to cross that line. Okay, let's go to 1 Samuel 4. If you think about what has been coming against you, and I'm going to list some of them because these are some of the things we've run into late, too lately. First uh, Samuel 4, uh, starting verse 5. Uh, I'm actually going to skip that one. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I feel like God's got us on a path, and, and that will take us a little bit off. Go to First Samuel 17, verse 23. So we're talking about the battle with Goliath. In verse 23, it says, Then as he talked with them... Uh, they were the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them all and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fleed from him and were dead, dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? 
Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that that man who kills him, the king will enrich uh, with riches and with great riches and will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Apparently that was a big deal back then. <laughs> what if we didn't have to pay taxes when we, every time we had a victory? <laughs> there wouldn't be anything wrong with that, right? <laughs> And then David spoke to the men who stood by, by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And okay, listen to this. So all of Israel was terrified of this giant. Terrified. Except for David. They saw the things of old that terrified them. They saw that the giant was bigger than them. They saw that the giant had had all of these victories behind him. What they didn't see was the God who put them in the position to defeat the giant. And what happens is the fear begins to rise up because things look overwhelming that are coming against us. That taunting spirit that Goliath had that taunted them. No one can take me down. No one can defeat me. No one can do this. That's what the enemy wants us to believe is he wants us to believe the press of Satan. That we stand no chance against what he has planned against us. That's what the enemy wants us to believe. That the God who lives in us is not big enough to defeat the demonic coming against me. That is what the enemy wants us to believe. And he uses manipulation. He uses fear. He uses control. He uses jealousy. It's true. He uses our own Agreement with him against us. When we agree with the enemy in fear, then it just empowers him to have more ability to control what we're thinking. Because we have agreed with what his plan is against us. When we're intimidated by something that is happening out there, that is creating problems for us that we don't think we have the words or the education or the strategy or whatever the X is that we think we're missing, that empowers the enemy to have greater intimidation over us. Whatever we agree with that the enemy is doing, it just empowers him to have more room to keep us from doing what God is calling us to do. And like I said, these are, none of these things are new. They're just different strategies, different tactics. Uh, yesterday while I was at the conference, there was a young girl and she comes up, she came up for prayer and we prayed for her. And then at the very end, she came back and she said, um, I need real prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
like I, and she wasn't saying what we prayed wasn't real, but what she was saying was I didn't get free from what I need to get free of. And I asked her, I said, are you struggling with addiction? Because the Lord had just shown me that. And I, he, I, she said, yes. But she said, I'm clean. So I haven't used or anything. I, that, that's been a long time ago. But what has happened is this, uh, this struggle I'm having with addiction has shown up in different things I've become addicted to. So she had gotten rid of the original cause of it, but it started being transferred to other areas of her life. So we went through a process of her just repenting from it, and then we commanded the spirit of addiction to leave. And there were a couple of other ones attached to it. What well, was so strange, because as I was standing next to her and someone was ministering with me, I could feel the wind of one of those spirits depart. And you could just feel the freedom began to bubble up in her. And it wasn't that she was using and, and still struggling with that. What had happened is the we didn't get rid of the spirit attack against her. And so that propensity toward addiction was still there. But when she left, she felt this real freedom of no longer feeling this anxiety and this desperation for the things that we worked on. And because uh, sometimes it is our sin that invites the attack of the enemy against us. And we get rid of the sin by repenting and turning away from it, right? So if we are sinning, then God says that if we confess our sins, then we are forgiven. And when we turn from our sins, they are no longer a part of us. And sometimes that requires people to help us walk through it. Sometimes we can just do it on the spot. So we know that the sin invites the enemy to taunt us, to uh, try to draw us away, to try to do those things. And we can go through and read scripture about uh, sin. You know, if I was thinking about even when the ark was captured, which is what we were going to read, but I'm not going to go back and read it. But the ark was captured by the Philistines, the ark of God. But there was sin in the house that was to protect and take care of the ark. Eli and his sons, his sons were sinning against God while trying to maintain the presence of God. So the Philistines came against him. They captured uh, the ark, but we know that the, the enemy cannot hold God. And every time they tried to move it to a different city, all of their gods crashed down on the ground. So they were like, take him back. And that's what the enemy does. He's like, we don't want, if you, if you can release the power of God over where I'm trying to infect, then I'm going to flee because I can't be in the presence of God. The enemy cannot be in the presence of God. And what we have to do, and this is where I want to go with this, we have to recognize first are we in sin? So if the enemy is taunting us, if we feel the pressure of anxiety, confusion, um, anger, hatred, you know, if, if they, we have to ask, God, do I have sin in my life that is inviting 
an agreement with the enemy, a partnership with the enemy. And if we do, then what does the word say? We repent from our sin. We confess our sins. We repent. We turn away from them. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from that sin, and it is no more. And that shuts the door to the enemy. The second thing we have to think about is, is the enemy trying to pull us away from the place God is sending us by sending familiar spirits that we've dealt with, we don't have anything to do with anymore, but they're trying to lure us back to a place where we think either it didn't work when we worked it out with God or, you know, the enemy has a stronghold there. And I'll give you an example. Um, While I was way on my sabbatical, uh, I, I think I told you guys this. One of my friends in Texas sent me a note and said, uh, he's, he was praying for me. He said, I just want you to know that um, I just keep feeling like God's going to clean up a wounding that you have there. I was like, yeah, awesome. But, you know, it just didn't resonate with me. I was like, okay, I send it to Karen. I said, Karen, you pray. I don't know. But while I was at my sabbatical, after a couple of days, the Lord said, are you ready? And I'm like... You know, of course, what are you going to say to the Lord? No, God, you're talking to me, but I'm just going to say no. But what he did was he showed me something and it wasn't that I was in sin with something. What it was, was it was something familiar from my past that the enemy was trying to trap me back into. It was a way that I thought a long, long time ago that the enemy was trying to pull me back into that thought pattern. And I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't in me, but it was like this taunting voice toward me. Have you ever felt like something was kind of speaking to you, speaking, and you're like, where is that coming from? It's not mine, but there's something familiar about it that's drawing you into it. You're like, what is that? And it was triggered by an event that wasn't even my thing. But there was something about that event that, in, that just got the enemy kind of calling me. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. And when the Lord showed me, I was just like, oh, so enemy, I've already taken care of that. So you have to leave. So that voice is trying to taunt me has to shut down because the God of creation showed me that you were coming against me and that was not mine. So I just rebuked it. I commanded it to go. I told it it didn't have a place here and it's been gone. But sometimes it's those familiar things, the things you've dealt with, the things you've closed the door on, the things you've already taken care of. And all of a sudden, 20 years later, 25 years later, there's this faint taunt by the demonic that tries to pull you back to a place where the door's already been shut. And I don't know if that has ever happened to you guys. The other thing, the third part is, so those are three things we got to think about. We got to think about, is there any sin that is inviting the enemy to take me where I'm not supposed to go? 
to, to agree with me, to partner with me, to keep me in the sin I'm in. And we know that Jesus takes care of that. Is there this harassing, taunting, uh, familiar voice that is trying to pull me back to a place that I have already dealt with years ago? And then we can just command that spirit to leave, that he has no place here. But sometimes it's just recognizing that is actually what's going on. And it took an email from someone who lives in Texas for me to even open up my mind so God could speak to me and say, hey, pay attention here. Heads up, the enemy is coming to take you out. And then the third thing is, and this is... Uh, is, is there a generational line of issues that need to be cut off from you and from the generations that will go before you, I mean, after you, follow you? So is there a generational line? And it could be things like addictions, those type of things. It could be hatred. It could be, um, I mean, there's a lot of different things. It could be, um, I've got a word in my brain, I just can't. Uh, it could be racism. It could be, you know, it could be anything. And when we ask the Lord, is there something generationally that has come down the generational line that I need to break off of my family and my children and my children's children and the generation to come? And when we ask those things, the Lord will show us. And then we just break them off. We just break that generational line in the name of Jesus. We, we cut it with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We, we seal it with the blood of Jesus. And we break all control it has over me and my family and my, fa and my children and my children's children's children. So those are the three things that I believe we have to be aware of in this season because the enemy is trying his best to throw us off course. He's trying his best to, like he did with David, David is made king. And so what does he want to do? He wants to defeat him so he can't step into the fullness of his anointing and his calling and he can't take the territory that God has for him that's been predestined ordained before the beginning of time and of course David had to come back he had to come back and win because otherwise we wouldn't be where we are today right God ordained it he will make it happen he's sending these mighty men let's turn to first chronicles 14 again does this make sense I feel like it's important to us because I feel like the enemy has these little uh, whispers, these little lies, these little hidden like the like the word. It's that shadow. It's that shade. It's the the spirits of dead. It's the giants that uh, the giants of law of um, old. It's the old things that are trying to creep in around us to keep us from the new things that God has for us. And there's a lot of new things going on. I mean, look at all the testimonies. Look at, you know, what's happening in each, in each of your lives. Uh, we're going to start in verse 10. 
So the Philistines decided to come up against him. In verse 10, and David inquired of, the, of God saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? That is the biggest weapon we have is asking the Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And it's interesting. And as we read this, we'll see that David doesn't do the same response every single time. God doesn't have him a pattern to work out. God gives David the answer based on what is best for the specific situation. And it's not the same. The Lord said to him, go up for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim and David defeated them there. So he won face to face, defeated them. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of the place Baal Perazim. <clears throat> and when they left their gods there, so the Philistine left all their idols behind, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. Then the Philistines once again made a raid on the valley. Therefore, David inquired again of the Lord and said to him, you shall not go up after them. So we've got a different strategy. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd done it one way and won, I'd probably do it again the second way. I figured I've got that pattern cinched out, right? But uh, God is like, I've got the best strategy for you. You shall uh, not go up after them, circle around them, and come upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching on the top of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle. For God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So there's a lot of supernatural going on in defeating the Philistines the second round. First time David went face to face and he, he even says, you know, the Lord used me to break through. But the second time God says, you wait till you hear the sound. And then I've gone out before you. So David did as God commanded him and they drove back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gazir. Then the fame of David went out into all the land and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. So when we are faced with all these different things that are coming against us, even when, you know, sometimes at work you're thinking, I don't know about that, but God has a strategy for it. And it may not be the same strategy he gave you the day before. Or, or even when I was being with this person, I was like, all I have is one verse Usually I have a little bit more than that, but God's like, don't worry about it. And I just figured the Holy Spirit knows he'll work it out. And they were just willing to go for it. You know, sometimes, no, all the time, we have to inquire of the Lord. And we have to let him bring to recognition what the enemy's strategy is against us so we can thwart the enemy trying to take our territory, trying to take our anointing, trying to distract us with the strategy of God. And that is the best strategy. We know that. And, and God sends, just like David, had that group of men surrounding him that had faces of lions and were fast as gazelle. God has surrounded us with other people that can help us 
when we're struggling with this. You know, we feel like something's going on, then we can just ask, pray for me, because obviously I haven't caught on to what is coming against me. I haven't defined what the enemy is trying to do, but it's nothing new. It's manipulation, it's control, it's a spirit of infirmity. It's whatever he can use to take you out of position. But God knows that he's called us, he's anointed us, he's ordained us to be in a place that we are right now and the enemy will not win over us. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. I just want us to pray and we're just going to ask the Lord, is the enemy coming against us in some way? And as a body, as a family, we're going to take our territory back. So if you guys will stand with me, that'd be great. Don't forget to fill out your testimony cards. We need every testimony. We're going to brag on Jesus. Whew. We may have to start putting them outside. That's what I just saw. Them all outside of our building. Testimony, testimony, testimony. God, you're so good. And that when people come and look, they'll just see the testimony of God. So God, we're just asking you now if, first of all, we thank you that you are the revealer of all things. We thank you that even uh, as Deborah prayed early earlier, that you have given us all authority to destroy the works of the enemy. We have all authority. So God, we're just asking you, has there been, is there a strategy against us right now? Individually, God, you will just show each person if there's a strategy against them. These taunting spirits, these lying spirits, spirits of infirmity and control. And if he shows you, if he tells you yes, that, or just shows you something, ask him, is it created by my own sin? And if he says yes, then just repent from that sin. Confess it. Say, Father, I am so sorry. I repent from that sin. I turn from it. Cleanse me of all connections with that sin. We shut the mouth of the enemy with our repentance. And next, I want you to ask the Lord, um, is the enemy taunting me with giants from old, from old things that are trying to come back, trying to lure me back in? And if that answer is yes, just command it to go. Just say, in the name of Jesus, I command you demonic spirits to leave me Quit taunting me. You no longer can have any of my attention because the Lord has given me this strategy and you have to leave now in the name of Jesus. God, we just thank you. We thank you that the, the demonic has no place here, has no place in our lives. Thank you, Lord. And lastly, we're just going to say, Lord, is there a generational sin that has been passed down the line? And if you hear yes, 
and we're going to sever that generational sin from our life in Jesus' name. We're going to cover it with the blood of Jesus that it will never resurrect again. And we're going to cleanse the rest of our bloodline, ourselves, our family, and the generations to come in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I know you've done some work here. So we just, we just put out our hands and just thank you for a fresh infilling, a fresh infilling of your spirit, a refreshment over us right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your breath blows away every demonic force when we align ourselves underneath you. So God, we just thank you that, uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just begin to praise him for what he's done. Just thank him. God, we just thank you. Uh, we just thank you that um, that you have come in, uh, and I just see you like uh, with one of those leaf blowers, just blowing it all away, Lord. You just blow it all away. There, There's, you know, those power blowers. You don't miss a crack or a crease, Lord, that you've just blown it all away. And God, we just thank you for freedom, freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. We stand in freedom. We dance in freedom. We live in freedom because of who you are, God. And we just bless you. We bless you, God, that uh, there's been freedom in this house today. And everything that's been hidden, all of those shades that are been uh, shadows that have been hiding around the corner uh, had to leave. And there's just a an illumination and brightness of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.